0: It's you looking swole.
1: Oh, are you, you have the camera on? Yeah. You
0: lean back.
1: Hold on. I didn't even know you were. Oh, for some reason, I don't see you. Some kids from science class. A lot of shit going on. Um, you've been reading it. I mean, I saw, <laughs> I saw today uh, someone posted some receipts uh, back from Sark's days in Washington, and thought it was pretty funny.
0: How did this not come out when the original thing happened at the Salute to Troy deal?
1: Honestly, like, I bet, I if... bet you Hayden already knew about it. I'm sure, uh, like all the like the his like previous alcohol like drinking problems that that.
0: Yeah, because if if you know about this, like if you know that this guy has a serious alcohol issue, and especially when he's using school resources to pay for all of this thing. Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. So, those are all expensed.
0: <laughs> like, and he shows up right, and he shows up to he shows up to a school event like that. Like, you gotta, you can't just give him. Zero punishment the first time, yeah. and tell them you know, have him do up downs. Have the team give him the punishment. Like you got to send that guy to get help. Like people like that don't just get better. Yeah, and it's 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 horrible. It's horrible. It set everything back.
1: Now, yeah, and it's interesting. I'm sure you've been reading too on like who the leading candidates are for the coaching spot. And last I saw that Kyle Winning Winningham Winningham. Winningham from Utah is winning. the number one candidate so far. Not really sure what to think of that, to be quite honest with you. I know, like, in prior years, everyone always talks about NFL coach, NFL coach, NFL coach, that's really all you ever hear, and then when we get someone else, it seems like kind of a disappointment. So,
0: Especially, we've been doing these two... We've not done the two offensive coordinators from Carroll's yeah. season. And like you you have to you have to go with somebody outside of that they have to get somebody new who doesn't have much of an attachment to the program i don't think Mm -hmm. um but it like it this sets us back to square one again like we had those sanctions done in 2010 and we're no
1: better off now five years later god i i agree and i feel i mean just from uh, like a public perception standpoint, I feel like we're worse off.
0: <laughs> yeah, we lost two two of the five star commitments. We did. Oh yeah, so
1: I I mm-hmm. haven't been following that. I was going to ask you how how the recruit scene has been affected by this. That was brutal. One of the guys, so,
0: Dalen Hayes is I think a linebacker from Michigan or Ohio somewhere in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. He decommitted. He was not expected to decommit, but he did. And apparently, it's supposed to impact a lot of the out-of-state recruits. Um, one dude, Mike, Mike Juarez or whatever, I don't know how his name pronounced, but he was a five-star guy. He decommitted, but I guess that was expected already. So, he's looking at UCLA as his number one. Wow. And... That, I think, will ultimately be one of the bigger fallouts of this is that if UCLA can carry their season out, if they can win the south part of the conference, at least, Mm -hmm. and at least show up in that, I mean, heck, if they they could win the Pac-12, there's nobody from the north that's that intimidating outside of Stanford, and then those teams actually
1: play on Thursday. Stanford and UCLA. UCLA. Well, that's a good game. I think Stanford will, will pound them, but...
0: We'll see, we'll see. I mean, those teams go as those quarterbacks go.
1: That's true, but I mean, it seems like Stanford. Oops, hold on. <laughs> it seems like Stanford's uh, firing on all cylinders right now, and it's yeah. super, super physical. And Hogan seems to have been playing pretty well lately. So, whereas UCLA hasn't. I mean, yeah, they've been winning, but a few of their. They they ended up losing to Arizona State, right? I think they lost one
0: game. But... UCLA, yeah, they didn't they did not play well. Arizona State played good. Yeah, they did. And they manhandled that defense. Like those those injuries on that Miles defense Jack.
1: finally started to show up. Miles, yeah, having Miles Jack out really hurt them. That's a big loss. Yeah, I mean he's a stud starter both ways. That that kills him really. Yeah, Mora I was pretty surprised
0: that Mora Mora came out and said that Miles Jack had not done enough to prove that he was going to be one of the top players taken in the draft.
1: Why would now, he say
0: that? Could you ask for someone else to do
1: more in two seasons? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I don't know if there's things we don't know, like his work ethic or something, but I imagine it has to be pretty damn good. But Like, I don't know why he almost throw jack under the bus because that, that that comment is pretty much doing that in a way
0: my only the only thing i think it is is that he could have come back is that the injury wasn't so significant Yeah.
1: oh that my brother actually told me that might have been the case because i think he made a statement along the line saying you know like basically like look the college isn't, isn't paying me and like pretty much i need to make money so i think that was like kind of the reason why he decided to just end his career right now smart
0: idea i don't blame him at all i don't blame him at all the college i mean heck as soon as you can go out and get paid go out and get paid like i used to not i used to not think that way about it and i mean heck man even when we were in school i didn't really 100 percent believe that but when you see the rate of attrition and how much guys get hurt in this sport And you talk to guys like there were some fringe guys that we played with who ended up going to the league for a season and then have a gruesome knee injury and they don't get another look again.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they might not have gotten paid a lot, but when you're making when you get, you know, 800 grand in a year, like I'm not on pace to make anywhere close to that in like a decade. So, you know. Take the money while you can get it, and at least have that—that that, what is it? I guess a, a head start on everybody else. Yeah. Because you have a skill that other people just don't. I mean. So I mean, take advantage of what you can,
1: and go get it. Exactly. And it's a dangerous sport. It's really dangerous. And what's the average lifespan? Like four years for a. If. Year span? Less than that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing. Oh. So, I mean, and even in those four years or three years, you're under rookie contracts now. So, I mean, after taxes, after agent fees, after everything, after all said and done, I mean, those average guys are probably only going to bring home after everything, like, you know, just a couple, $2 million or so. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) and I'm sure they, because, I mean, you go, a lot of these guys go from nothing to something financially, and, of course, they're going to make a purchase or two, which is completely, like, expected and reasonable so it's it's kind of interesting you see it well i'm sure we have some guys we know that have already kind of played their few years in the NFL and now they're probably looking for work not working you know some bs job and it's like dude you got like the next like x amount of years you need to support yourself and your others so i'm all for leaving early leaving you know, especially football, just the violent nature. Hmm. But um.
0: So what do you, what do you think we do? What do you think we should do, coach-wise? Like, if there was a list of three guys that you would want as dream candidates, who would you pick?
1: Oh, number one, or tell us to say top three, um jeff fisher for sure i think he's an incredible coach um the fact that he's an sc alum too is kind of adds a little bit to that choice um is that important to you it's well, not in the overall no, no, like grand scheme definitely of it? not definitely not but when there is a possibility of that then i think i think it's kind of just like a little added bonus like a cherry on the top but it's definitely not like a Deciding factor whether I want to go with Jeff Fisher or Coach Y or whoever Coach Z you know whoever but um, I mean he's had he has a proven track record he seems to be pretty damn successful wherever he goes um, he'd be top three for sure um, God I'm gonna end up picking like all SC guys uh, the other guy that came to my mind was Del Rio Jack Del Rio. I, I, I honestly, but also, none, I can't see both of these guys even half considering leaving to go to SC. Because um, I know we've tried to get both of them before and that wasn't successful. And my fourth, I mean, my third is I kind of want to go outside the NFL. Um,. He's such a long shot, but I I think uh, I have a few. Um, Kevin Sumlin from AM, but he's such a long shot. There's virtually like a zero percent chance of getting him. Kind of. We already tried getting him the last time. Yeah, but I feel just kind of like SC. Maybe it's like our cocky attitude, or right? but I feel like it's SC. We can kind of get whoever we want. <laughs> but I mean, obviously that's not the case. Um, Jeez. I saw a list today, but like none of them really stood out to me. I saw Brian Kelly's think... name turn around. I don't know who would you go with. Those that, guys, that won't happen. That won't happen. I don't. Chip Chip
0: Kelly would be Chip Kelly would be number one. Oh, I would love... without a doubt. Yeah, I would love that. Um, him that that offense that he runs with the guys that we're capable of getting it's scary. Would. Yeah, and then and the other good thing about it too is that he could recruit a real defense. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues that well, I guess they didn't run so much against Auburn in that championship game with Cam Newton. They held him to 21 points or something, which was like their lowest or second lowest total of the season. So I can't say that that defense was necessarily bad in big situations, but they do have a hard time or at least they did have a hard time stopping some some of the better offenses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with the quality of player that they were getting. And so, I would, I would absolutely love it if he was the coach. Um, so, one of the other, one of the other caveats that I thought was interesting about our, when you go back to, I think, well, Kiffin and Sarkeesian one of their biggest common traits that they had is that they're smart guys and they like scheming intellectually. They like being better than the other coach. They like outsmarting the other coach. And you can see that in a lot of the ways that our offenses run. Like it's, it's minimize mistakes. Lots of short passes, get the ball to guys who are more athletic and are better and can make better plays. Mm-hmm. Now, defensively that the we seem to take on that identity that the offense does and that our defensive coordinators are seemingly trying to out scheme the other guys and rather than put us in simple situations where guys can just attack use their athleticism and their size and that crazy advantage that we have having all these four or five star crazy recruits like we're just we're bigger faster or stronger than the other team almost always but it looks like the guys overthink situations too much or they get put in situations where they're not allowed to use those physical advantages they have and when you have to remember when you're playing with 20 21 22 year old kids at most of these positions their football IQ I don't think is going to be high enough to be able to reflect what it is that our previous coaching staffs have been trying to do Outside of that one season, the 2011 season, but that that came together for a variety of reasons. And we had a defensive coordinator that dumbed everything down on that one. Yeah. So, like, with whomever it is that we do hire next, I think it should be someone who's focused more on letting our physical advantages just come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And... I would go with well, do you like do you like the idea of Whittingham as the coach?
1: I honestly just don't know enough about him. I mean, obviously, yeah, his I I'm sure he went to like the top with Utah's successes here. I mean, I know they've been a pretty good team the past few years, but nothing like this year. I'm not hundred percent sold on him. I honestly just kinda wanna go outside the pac twelve. I mean, ideally, I kind of want an NFL coach just just because it seems like the past few college coaches we've gotten haven't had too much success. But to be quite frankly, I just don't know enough about Winningham to really say yes or no. I mean, I wouldn't be, like, extremely disappointed if we got him, but the only guy I'd be disappointed that we got would be Brian Kelly. I, I don't want that guy near our program, but...
0: I, I don't. I don't think that can happen. I don't think a Notre Dame coach would do that.
1: Yeah, I. I, I think it would just look. I think it just looked bad on us taking a Notre Dame coach. Yeah.
0: So, um. The last two guys we've hired, Kiffin just had zero track record as a head coach at all, and Sark was, what? I guess slightly above average, yep. above average as a coach at Washington. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Yeah, so... he did
1: turn around a very bad program. So you got to give him some credit there. But, I mean, it was not he wasn't, like, outstanding by any means. Do you think we should get somebody that has
0: a more established track record?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. That's why I want to get a more veteran-type NFL coach in there, like a Del Rio, like a Fisher, who... Has a proven track record. Who, I mean, the recruiting issue is not a big deal. They're going to hire, they're going to staff the right people that can do all that. So I'm not concerned about, you know, getting an NFL coach with, like, no recruiting experience. That's, like, the least of my concerns. I just want to stay clear from, like, these young, like, college coaches. Maybe just because, like... Sarkeesian and Kiffin have left a bad taste in my mouth because they kind of fit that mold. And I'm glad now, I mean, there's no other real possibility, but we we were so obsessed with like the whole Pete Carroll era, the 2005, like the Reggie Bushes and the, all that, like what at least Hayden was that, like he couldn't get away from that staff, like he was just hiring left and right from that pro from that those years. And I think it's like time to move on. And
0: it definitely is. If it wasn't after Kiffin, it certainly exactly. is now. Exactly. I mean, Kiffin, so
1: Kiffin to Kiffin's defense. though, I mean, he came in at like the worst possible time in like the NSC's history. Like, so I give him a little benefit of the doubt. Like he did. I mean, he was hit so hard of sanctions. I mean, no doubt, it hurt recruiting. So, I mean, to that extent, I give him a little benefit, but I mean, by no means was he a good coach for SC.
0: He didn't fit the guys. The guys tuned him out. Yeah. Once we hit that first little bit of adversity in that one season,
1: they really did. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious.
0: Almost. It was really bad. That was a rough year. That was. That was a rough year. So, how do how do you feel? How do you feel with Sarkeesian being gone? Like this is such a, a crazy turn so of honestly, events. Like one of like a, a week ago. A week ago, if you were to say that Stark was going to get fired, and hell, even if you were to say it on Friday,
1: I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. So and a, a few things here with the whole Stark firing. A I think it's weird as hell that he took an indefinite leave and then the next day he was fired. I think there's a few things that come from that. like The whole indefinite leave thing, that was kind of bogus to begin with. I was like, there's no way he's going to come back to coaching at least SC, just specifically to SC, after taking an indefinite leave. No way. And then I think Hayden started to feel pressure and talk and whatnot, and I think that's probably why he fired him the following day. But I think, on the plus side, I think SC is going to respond really well to this. I mean, I just look back, what, two and a half years ago when Kiffin got fired midseason or late season, and he uh, and Orgeron took over. And, fuck, we, if we won, if we beat, who was it, UCLA, I think we lost to in the Coliseum. We lost, we lost one game in, under Orgeron. If he won that one game, yeah. the guy would probably still be coaching USC right now. I
0: 100% agree with that statement. Mhm. 100% because the other the only other loss he had was at Notre Dame and that was I think the second week. Maybe the first one because it was after the fifth game 2 years ago. It was Notre Dame. I knew it was one it was one
1: loss. Yeah,
0: and then the UCLA game um I actually went to a lot of those games that year which was pretty gnarly. That was actually surprisingly one of the more fun seasons, largely just because it was so hopeless after this point going into or like during that season. But the UCLA game, it wasn't just that we lost, it was that we got outclassed by a team that was not only up and coming but is the most important rivalry that we have, no doubt. So, it was a really 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 bad way just to end the season. Mm-hmm. And for that, and they needed to get a hire in, and, and they picked Sark just because they liked him. And Orgeron flipped out. He was gone. That was that.
1: Did they offer him like that some bullshit? Like, I think Sarkisian and Hayden, like, offered him, like, the defensive coordinator job or assistant head coach job. It was, like, a total slap in the face to him. Like, they still were yeah, to retain so him. They still, they still like had an offer. Like we will, st- we still want to retain you, just not as a head coach. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> and yeah. I would have done the same. I think the only guy that actually returned from Kiffin's staff was Helton.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been the one that's held over. And the guys like him. Like I heard that they, when he got announced today at the press they conference, the players gave him an ovation. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, like if they like him and one of the players tweeted or texted somebody at ESPN that Sark showed up lit again to another team meeting, that has to get so old as a player, Oh yeah, like real quick. And especially, especially if you're 19, 20, like if you don't drink at all and there's, I mean, there's a good amount of guys that when they come in, that's how they are. Mm-hmm. And if you see your coach doing that frequently you're gonna lose respect for the
1: dude. Oh yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I'm sure th- I'm sure over the course of the next few months we'll probably hear some more interesting stories.
0: I'd imagine so. It's crazy that the LA Times came out with all that information like the day the day after the event happened. He gets put on leave, and then that huge report drops and he's fired. Like within like an hour. Yeah. And where, where was all this information before, and who gave it to them? And what? I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Somebody Somebody's in trouble for this, and somebody should get in trouble for this. It doesn't seem like it's going to be Hayden after what Nikia said today, and I have a tendency to believe Nakia much more than those, like, bullshit open-ended or the, the fake I support my coach things that happen in the NBA all the time. But uh, it's so weird, man. It's embarrassing too. Like it's a bizarre story, and it looks bad. things like this don't happen all that all that often.
1: I honestly can't remember the last time this has happened in like college or the professional landscape where a coach is essentially getting fired because of these like off-field, like alcoholic personal reasons. I mean, yeah, I hear personal reasons, but never related. I mean, I can't remember the last time one was related to like alcohol and like showing up drunk to like workouts and practices and and
0: frequently too and like somewhat regularly like i've i know that there's there's coaches throughout history that have been notorious for having drinking issues and drinking a lot but the school typically has something in place to make sure that that is not an issue so i i just don't know i just don't know and the the A lot of the guys are trying to plead ignorance on this, but if you're blind to your coach's alcoholism and it's well-known amongst players and coaching staff people, I mean,
1: again, somebody's not doing their job. Completely agreed, and I agree with you, too. I mean, with the sounds of Nikias, Hayden's not going anywhere. And I know a lot of people have been calling for him him to – get cut as well. And I read an article this morning about Hayden. He, I mean, he was quoted by saying no one else can do what he can do to the Coliseum. Cause I guess we have like some big time renovations planned for that stadium. Oh, he yeah. said he, I, this is him stating it, that he's the only one that can handle this. Is that, is that coming from like a boosters, like, um, like donation standpoint or like where is he getting at there i assume that's what he's referring to like the connects he has or something
0: so the money the money they need is in is in the three to four hundred million dollar range i think what are they doing
1: are they adding like luxury boxes and all that
0: yeah that's the idea that's the idea and so like recent years they've added they added that scoreboard in Mm -hmm. um they do they do want to get luxury boxes in because then they can make a lot of money off right. of those. And then I believe I believe that they put like like Vegas style pool cabanas down behind the end zone where the band plays. And so there's maybe like five or six of those down there that they get a lot of money from. And if they can get a lot of those, then they can I mean, well they're going to add and try to add in more stuff like that to create revenue. I'm sure they're going to replace the seats if they can try to redo some of the some of the concourse area cuz the whole thing looks beaten down oh, like it old. does need to get redone. Oh yeah. It does need to get redone and they're going to have to accumulate a lot of money for that. Yeah. So, it's an interesting it's an interesting time for all of this to go south.
1: It, it very much so is. And another thing I found out too is that I didn't know is that he's an athletic director at will. So the university doesn't pay him. He does it completely free essentially. Where did you hear this? I, re- I read it on some article. I think it might've been the same article that he was quoted by saying he's the only athletic director that all hmm. looking at that. I, I, I don't, don't quote me, but that's what I remember reading. So, which I thought was pretty,
0: that would be crazy. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I
1: didn't hear that. I thought that was interesting. I was, was then made me think. I wonder if there are any other if there are any other athletic directors that are like that. But I know I'm I'm sure he's not hurting for money. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's that goes without yeah. saying.
0: So what do you think we do from here? Like how we have Notre Dame this week. We play. Seven more games, four of them are against ranked
1: teams. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like you can never rule out the equate, the rule out, like, honestly, Clay Hel- uh, Helton becoming the coach. I mean, if we somehow, like, pull out a miraculous, like, I would say miraculous at this point would be like, a you know, six and one or, you know, one loss. Man, it'd be hard to almost go against him at that point. But... To be quite honest with you, if I was a gambling man, a betting man, I would I would say out of the seven games remaining, we'd go like five hundred. We go four and three. You know, it's gonna be where I just I can't see us winning the majority of them. I think that we're gonna have at least two losses. Two being I mean we have we still have Utah, Notre Dame, UCLA, and um, who's that? Arizona,
0: Cal, and Oregon.
1: Cal, yeah, Cal is a pretty solid team, though they didn't look that great this week. This past weekend, Golf didn't look too good, but I fi- I figured just I mean, two losses are almost like inevitable. It seems, but I don't know. I think it's gonna be. I think the players are gonna respond really well, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we come out and we beat Notre Dame this weekend. But I'm afraid there might be like a a let up or like some kind of lapse after that. But maybe that's just me being too negative. What do you think? I
0: think we could win this week. I think it'll be close. I think we'll come out. I think we'll play well. And I really do believe that talent wise, we are so much better. Than all but maybe three or four teams that I've seen play. Like we have guys, we have guys who are just filthy on offense. Oh yeah. Like our running backs, our running backs. We have two guys who are really good. We have one receiver who's elite. We have a couple more who are pretty good players, really good blockers on the edge. Our quarterback, outside of this last game, that was easily the worst game he's ever played, easily. Oh, but he played well against Stanford. He's been playing great every other game this season. And I mean he can make it work. The offensive line is a little bit underachieving from what I would have expected at the beginning of the year.
1: Doesn't have, oh, and the doesn't help having Turk out, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another another one because he's how do you know how long he's out for? The year. Oh yuck. That's not good. Yeah, Helton addressed that today That's in gonna be press tough. conference. That's going to be tough because losing the center is not not ever a good thing, especially when you're already having pass protection issues.
1: Yeah. He's a um, high too, I think.
0: Yeah, but talent-wise, going up against Notre Dame, I think we have an advantage over them at most of the positions. And if the guys rally around Helton the way I hope that they do, then, you know, we could come out and we could do really well. Like, we could do really well. So, I'm, I'm optimistic for this, but as for the year, like, as this goes on, like, I hate to say it, but the best we can hope for now is a surprise contention in the South Division and just pray that it's interesting until the end of the year. Yeah. Cuz I don't I don't want like my biggest fear is that the team just collapses. And a lot of those 50-50 games just don't go our way and we end up being essentially like Stanford was last year and they finished like 7 and 5 or something. Mm-hmm. And they were clearly good. Like they were one of the good teams, but they just lost all their games to the other good teams. So
1: Yeah, I could I could unfortunately see that happening. But we'll see. I think I think we'll learn a lot about the team uh this Saturday, to be quite honest with you. I think we're gonna respond great and I truly think I think that's I'm leaning that way right now. Or I mean hope hopefully not, but it would just come out flat from this. But I think we're gonna come out with a lot of aggression we're gonna come out quick i think we're gonna i think it'll be a close game no doubt but i think i think we will come through in the end this week and then it'll be interesting to see from here on out how we do because that might give us a lot of momentum where we could have like i said come, could, could have some sort of lapse from that for whatever reason anything else you watch this interesting uh, or this weekend i mean i've been watching
0: a little bit of baseball but Dude,
1: yeah, I've been listening to it
0: on the radio. Yeah. It's it's actually interesting. I like playoff baseball. I
1: love playoff baseball. Like I'm not. I mean, baseball is kind of hard to follow during the regular season because there's so many games and they take so long. But playoff baseball is awesome. Uh, sorry, man, I was pulling for the Mets tonight over the Dodgers, but we'll have to wait till I think Friday for that Game Five. But it was good.
0: Dodgers, Dodgers won. Dodgers right? won three to
1: one. Kershaw seven Sweet. innings, one, one earned run. So
0: that's his first yeah. first win in. Is that his first one ever? No, I think it's his sec- in the it's
1: Second win ever, but his first win in like his last five starts. Yeah, that's him and
0: Price were the two longest losing streaks mm-hmm. in playoff history.
1: I don't think Price has won a game unless he won one recently.
0: I I don't know if you pitched. The Blue Jays won the past two. I don't know if you pitched in one of those, but is so. The Cubs won today, which is awesome I, I'm, for I'm me because the Cubs, yeah, dude. I will watch. I will watch all of their games as long as they're in it.
1: It's kind of. like I want to see against. them. It's kind of hard to root against a, a team like that. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: but the other ones going to Game Five. All of them.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um. The Blue Jays came from two down to tie it up, and uh, well, the other series just ended in what's? Why am I blanking on the last the other AL series? Royals Astros. That's right, Royals Astros. So yeah, Royals tied it up yet last night two to two. So now it's game five in Kansas City. Yeah, playoff baseball is awesome. It's exciting. Though I hope they change the whole wild card situation, but that's another another discussion
0: (laughs) what would you want them to change it to so
1: i've thought about this there's a few things you could do uh, i don't obviously it has to be increased from one game so three games and you could do the whatever wild card had the best record plays the first two games at their home or you could do the last i mean the last games i guess wouldn't Makes sense because you don't have to win two out of three. But anyways, the better the the team with the best home best record plays two games at their home. And I know people have shot that down because of the all the travel issue. Um, and then another scenario would be a little different. You about placing the wild cards. I still think the wild card game should be increased, by, from to three games. But I also think now that you should simply see the teams based off the best records. So. Like, for example, that if the Pirates had a better record than the Dodgers, the Dodgers should have been the one playing in the wild card game instead of um, the Pirates. I want to. I think it should be based off record too. So, a
0: few that this year in the National League, that would have put the three Central teams one,
1: two, three exactly, and then it would have been Mets versus Dodgers in the wild card. I just—I
0: wonder if they would go with that. I wonder if baseball people would go for that. I mean,
1: just think. So the NL Central was by far, in a way, the best division this year. You had three of the, three of the five probably best teams in the whole league, and after one series, two, counting the one wild card game, two out of the three teams were eliminated, which I didn't—I just don't think's right, and it just it seemed weird, but.
0: I was surprised. I was surprised that they allowed. The Cubs to play the Cardinals. I didn't know that they had changed that because it used to not you used to not be allowed to play teams interdivisionally in the first round of the playoffs. And I guess they did away with that with the I wild. Yeah, I think there. you're right. You yes. are right. And then see what what I would like to see with that is instead of seeding the Cubs who won the wild card as the four, then I would seed them as the two in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one change I would make because I don't think I don't think the Cardinals at at the one should have to play a four who hasn't won less win over the course of the year. Yeah, that seems that seems surprising to me because like you could easily argue that that team would have been in the next
1: series I agree. or the next round. So. And the whole thing with baseball, though, is it's there's so much tradition. It seems like that goes into baseball that they don't want to. They're I think they're reluctant to change anything. So, we'll see if this actually if this gets talked about. I'm sure the the pirates are all for changing uh, the wild card situation.
0: <laughs> it's awful awful that they have the best team probably ever that they've ever had, and they got one playoff one game. and done. Yeah. Yeah, and they go and they go up against a buzzsaw of a pitcher That's who's having perhaps the best run ever of the past like two decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 alone, like as a fan to sit through like 8 months of a season and have your team go through all those games and watch all those games and then get there and lose because they have to go up against a guy who just can't be hit. It's
1: demoralizing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have so? Do you have any idea who's gonna win? Mm. Like it's baseball. I don't even feel like it's worth picking a winner.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's a crapshoot, but um, I don't know, man. I think honestly, like maybe it's just because I want them to win. But I was like, man, I I think this could be the Cubs' year. Believe it or not. I hope because, they, I, hope I don't know, they remind me a lot of the Giants last year because they have Arietta, who's going to be a horse. He's going to pitch two games every series, minimum. They'll probably throw him in like a little relief kind of action like they did to Baumgartner last year. I really think he's going to be the horse. And though, he did look very hittable uh, his in his last outing last night. So, we'll see. He is human. But then again... I hate to say it, but the Dodgers scare me, man. Yeah, they have they have so many holes on our teams. I mean, they're they have a pretty shitty bullpen. Their hitting is super inconsistent. I mean, they've been no hit twice this year, but they have two starting pitches that are two of the best four, five pitchers, maybe even less in the league. And that alone is, and I mean, you could pitch them on three days rest, and you really only need like one other pitcher to go for them. So. You can never count out the Dodgers, to be quite honest. I mean, their pitching is by far and away the best from a starting pitching standpoint. First round is five games. Mm -hmm.
0: They go Kershaw game one, Granke game two. And then Kershaw goes four, Granke five. Like, the fact that they're able to do that in four of those games, put out two guys who are...
1: (laughs) Cy Youngs.
0: They're like Trump... Yeah, they're Trump cards. And it's... It's wild. It's wild. And I'm just glad I'm just glad that there's I'm glad there's a team that has two of those guys because I think those teams are fun to watch when it comes to the playoffs. And I especially like it when perhaps the only better pitcher is on the potential other team mm-hmm. in the championship series. So that's going to be fun. Like I really want the Dodgers to be in it just just cuz I want to see I would like to like be in the
1: city while it's kind of popping for baseball games. Yeah. Yeah, Dodgers really haven't – I guess they were in the uh, National League Championship game, I think, of, like three or four years ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely would be good for that city. Not that L.A. – I mean, <laughs> I I actually just – before I got on this call, if you was speaking at L.A., I, uh, I saw I read an article that Lamar Odom was found, like, passed out in a brothel in Las Vegas – And uh, I guess he's in serious condition right now, like he's not looking good. Bad enough to where I guess the Kardashians like went to the hospital to visit him. Oh my. Yeah, I guess they found him in a brothel after like a few days of partying with like mucus coming out of his mouth and nose. And he was in pretty severe condition and they had to airlift him to the nearest Nevada hospital. But man, it's a bummer. That's a guy. That's a guy who's had a hard life. He's had a rough life, man. He's gone through so much. I know his best friend just died recently. I mean, he obviously had a really rough upbringing, and then like his whole like drugs thing, and he's had a lot of shit going on. I, I feel for the guy. And he's, I feel, man, he he was a one of the premier athletes in the NBA for quite some time. I mean, such a mismatch.
0: He's an interesting. He's an interesting guy. When you go back and look, like I've, I, I like watching like the NBA classics games mm-hmm. over the summertime. It's I just do because there's a lot of guys who I either never saw play or I only saw play when I was a kid, and so like my frame of reference for what I was seeing was like next to nothing. But I watched a game that had Lamar Odom near the end of his rookie year or second year, and the Clippers had more or less. Decided to go into the tank. And they're giving Odom, like, essentially run of the offense. And he's playing point. Yeah. yeah, And he's really athletic. He had a wicked sick handle. And he was dropping dimes to people, like, all over the place. And you see this guy at 21 or 20 doing all this stuff. Like, he was... I mean, you'd think this dude was going to be a superstar. And... I mean, obviously that never totally happened, mm-hmm. but he ended up being a really good guy on Champions. two teams that won championships.
1: Yeah. So. Playing an integral role too, so I feel for the guy. He he's been through a lot and let's just hope he makes it out. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you'll have to read just just search him when you're, when you're done or what now or whenever it's it's interesting. <laughs> his life definitely has taken a turn for the worse recently. Yeah, I think he's all pit, he is all pissed cuz James Harden was dating Chloe Kardashian. I try to stay out of that shit though.
0: Yeah, a bit of a bad off season for her. Uh, interesting off season for Harden, rather. <laughs> has that crazy shoe deal that he signed switches from Nike to Adidas. Yeah. And if you've ever if you've ever done that switch on the shoes, I do not like playing in Adidas at all. Oh, I'm a Nike guy 100%. So, I'm interested to see if there's any effect at all in the way he plays, at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. He also had that video where he showed up drunk in Hollywood, I think, yelling at Swaggy P. Oh
1: God!
0: Now he's dating one of the Kardashian chicks. He's getting in on that.
1: That's a, that's a turn for the south, man. When you start, you know, getting linked to those girls,
0: it's gonna be interesting. And then he came out. He came out today saying that he's a better player than Steph. Curry. i heard that i heard that so i'm i'm intrigued to see what they do they added in ty lawson who's uh another raging alcoholic <laughs> i was say, how many DUIs um, does that guy have
1: <laughs>
0: too many at least two
1: yeah.
0: and the team tried to keep him in the house as much as possible and he still got it oh my god so that's going to be a bizarre team. They have a lot of really good – they have, like, too many good guys, mm-hmm. too.
1: <laughs> I, oh, I thought that was – Oh, the Rockets? Yeah. I don't know how they're going to play them all. I mean, they do – they have a lot of really big names, it seems.
0: But uh, – so It's interesting. Basketball's coming back, man. I'm excited. Dude, I,
1: I'm super excited. I mean, I'm a Laker fan. Uh, you're a Laker fan, too, right? Yeah. I'm a Laker fan, 100%, but I made it to a bunch of uh, Warriors games last year because I live really close to the arena. And, dude, like, honestly, man, they're, they are the most fun team to watch. I haven't had more fun going to any, like, professional sporting event and watching those guys play, man. It, it It is unreal there. Unreal. Like, Curry is, he's, like, I'm amazed every time I see that guy play. Like, I don't know how he pulls off half the shit he does. And... So, yeah,
0: he's he's not very big either. He's only oh. – I think he and I are almost exactly the same size.
1: Like height and weight.
0: Yeah. And so I absolutely love watching him do the stuff that he does. And like that, that one preseason play oh. that he just had where he brings the ball yeah. up behind the back, Got kicks it. it over to the other side, runs over, skips over to the other opposite wing, and just kind of plops, plops there. They kick it back. He lets it go. Just knows so well that it's going in. Just looks. High five.
1: Out. Man, he... he, he <laughs> that dude is, like, my hero. His handles are... Filthy is an understatement. Understatement. Like, it,
0: it's arguably the best in the NBA when it comes to getting space to get off a shot or get off a pass or get to the lane or just do anything.
1: I think they said only, like, Chris Paul would, like, give him a run for his money for, like, handles, but even then, I I... I... I don't know. I, I I think Steph Curry is on another level. Another level.
0: He's on another level, man. Like Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's a really good dribbler,
1: like in terms of like
0: doing moves. <laughs> and like he'll be out on the wing and he'll go between the bat uh, between the legs yeah. like a couple times and then something and then like put his head down and drive. But like what he's doing isn't really like dribbling with a purpose to get anywhere. It's more like flashy, like, look at me, I'm a what is it called? Poppin' Jay. He's a <laughs> poppin' Jay dribbler. Yeah. whereas curry all of his stuff that he does looks really sick and it also gets him to where he needs to mm-hmm. get gives him that space and shot, shot off.
1: off yeah it's like purposeful oh fuck he's incredible man he's so much fun to watch i mean i'm uh, even with the lit you know the warriors winning it all i mean obviously i'm not a warriors fan but fuck they're a they're a fun team to watch it's it's so entertaining and like clay thompson i mean that dude can go off like 37 points in the third quarter last year and the guy is incredible I mean, granted, I really like he him. disappeared in the playoffs, but we won't go there right right now.
0: Sometimes, sometimes that happens, you know. Yeah.
1: Like, eh,
0: oh well. Everybody else stepped up. They won. It worked out. Yeah, it worked out. I like that team. How? So what's what's uh? How many other NBA games have you been to? Like in terms of teams and stuff. Like, what's different about that atmosphere? That's different from the other places. <laughs>
1: Well, it's kind of funny. The only actual the only other NBA game I've ever been to has been a Laker Laker games, and I mean I'm a Laker fan, so I shouldn't even say, but no offense, but Laker fans have to be arguably like one of the worst NBA fans in all of the NBA. Um, I think half of them are there just to be there to be seen because it's like the cool thing. Or at least it was when when I was going to games when we had Kobe and we were good. But um, And then half the people arrive late, but that's just L.A. in general. And the Oracle fans seem to be younger. I mean, I think Bay Area fans in general are pretty good sports fans. And I don't know. I mean, you obviously hear about Oracle being a really loud, like, energetic arena. And I don't know. I don't know, like, what else to say besides that the fans are just really into the game. There, I mean, it's not... Nothing more than that. I mean, they're just really, really... I mean, it helps, too, that the team is doing so well now, too. And you have a lot of, like, high-energy, like, entertaining players, too. So everyone's always on the edge of their seat, which helps. But I'm kind of comparing, like... It's not, like, a good comparison. By
0: the way, man, that... it's It seems like it's a perfect setup. Like, you have... You have a new, like a nouveau rich area, with an up and coming team that plays the new age style of basketball. That's really fun to watch, yeah. and they're good. They're great, mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, like they're good one this of... year. They didn't lose anyone. I know they didn't lose anybody and as long as they can stay healthy again like that was that was probably like the biggest feather in their cap last season was they were the one team
1: that just didn't really get didn't hurt Have at any all. injuries besides Boget but he'll get injured again this year. I mean the guy's always injured but he's still not He
0: played 65 games for him so man that's
1: like never getting
0: injured yeah, at all. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that's like perfect health. That's like him going into battle against the Athenians yeah. and coming out with just like
1: a knife in his arm. No, you're it's just like, yeah, all right, I'm fine. You're so right. Yeah, he, he, for the most part, for his sake, he was very healthy last year. But you're right. Like, I mean, you compare them to the Cavaliers, for example, was the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, so injury played, it really wasn't even a, a fair matchup in the finals. But then again, like a lot of people said, it's like, well, look, like, yeah, you had Irving out. Yeah, you had Love out. But that just means that the ball was in the best player in the NBA's hands. 90% of the,
0: the whole game. When,
1: and honestly, like, you want the ball in your best players' hands. So. But still, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, there, there's no arguing that they are a better team with Irving and Love on the floor. I mean, that'd be silly to argue against that. But, I mean... Warriors won, man.
0: Warriors had an all-time great team. Yeah. So, you know, take nothing away from them at all. Like, they dominated. And, they won... A lot of games in the playoffs they had a great record they dominated the regular season they outscored their opponents by 10 a game like they were an all-time great team
1: despite what doc so, rivers was just quoted by saying that the the warriors verbatim said that they got lucky this year because they didn't play the clippers or the spurs in the playoffs if i remember
0: correctly the clippers <laughs> blew a 19 point lead in game six at home with 18 minutes left yep. or something like yep. that. They lost that game. Yeah, that was that was bad. It's their fault. And then they got blown out in game seven. Like, that's what happens sometimes. Like, there's asterisk. Like, that one year that Derrick Rose, with the Bulls is the one seed, he gets hurt in, like, the first game of the playoffs. And he's out. And then they end up losing in the first round. Like, sometimes stuff like that happens. So, all right, we got to – we got to finish up. So, final prediction this week. Score? Just anything. Anything you have in mind.
1: So, since I want to talk SC, I'll go final prediction SC game. I think Kessler is going to have a big game. I'm going to probably pick all the obvious. Uh, I think Juju Smith is going to tear it up. I think Adoree is going to have a punt return or a kick return. I say we win... 2720 That's my prediction for the week.
0: I really hope I really hope Dory breaks one. He's been trying to. Exactly.
1: I think he's he's there.
0: And he hasn't been getting it. He hasn't been getting it and if we
1: God, I hope he breaks one. What do you got? Let me hear it. All right.
0: Give me one set. All right, it's Notre Dame minus 6.5 is the line. We will cover. not only cover, but we'll win, and we'll win by 17 points, 31-14. <laughs> That's
1: bold. I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll end on that. I like that.
0: It's bold. We'll come <laughs> back. We'll come out of the out of the deep pit of despair, out of the – we got to come up with something to call the Sarkeesian Nightmare. There's got to be some sort of play on words that we can come up with. We'll think about
1: that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you spoken to Haas? I did. I texted him last time we talked, and I said I told him about like what we do, and he says he wants to be a part of this. So I'll um, shoot him a message again and have him get on for next week or whenever we do it next.
0: Okay. We'll do something. Yeah. That would be cool.
1: I think it would be good to have a, another face on here.
0: All right, word up. I will speak with you next week. All righty, ma'am.